Jesus changed everything. All throughout the Gospels, you read about the teachings of Jesus, how he shaped our thinking. But what about the way that he lived? Over the next few weeks, we're going to be looking at the life of Jesus and see how we can live more like him. Welcome to the New Community Church Podcast. Jesus had a family here on earth, and they shaped him in important ways. Even though he himself was God, he submitted to his family. Your family will shape you as you grow, but it doesn't define you. And Jesus is a great example of this. This is the first week of our new series, Jesus, the Life of Christ on Earth. And here's Pastor Aaron. Well, good morning, NCC. How are you guys doing this morning? Good? It's good to see each of you here. And I know we mentioned this a moment ago, but if you're our guest, this is your first time, or if you're watching this later this week um, online, thank you for joining us and um, being a part of our service here this morning. We're so glad that you're with us. And we're kicking off a brand new series called Jesus, the Life of Christ on Earth. Um, I know when you see that image, maybe you feel like you're back in December, But let me explain this. We want you for the next few weeks, we want to dig into the life of Christ. And we want to look at what it was like for Jesus here on this earth, how he lived, and what that means for each and for every one of us. And so we're going to have this series of conversations every Sunday as we're together. We're going to begin to talk about what Jesus' life was like. And it's going to lead us all the way up to Easter time. And we want to really think about what did Jesus do while he was here on this earth? Because I believe this, that these 30-some years that Jesus lived, this man, Jesus of Nazareth, while he was here on this earth, that it changed everything in our world. That it changed everything about the way that we view life, the way that we view love. This one man, these 30-some years that he lived, changes our perspective on money and on sex and on injustice and on success and all of these different aspects of our life. This one man, he altered history. In the time leading up to his life, the time after his life, everything pivots and revolves around this one individual. And so we want to take a few weeks and we just want to dive into the life of Christ and look at how he lived here on this earth and what it means for us. And as a follower of Christ, I know in this room, there's many of you that would say, hey, Aaron, I'm a Christian. I'm a follower of Christ. For some of you, maybe you're still exploring Christ and still asking those questions of what does it mean to follow him? What does it mean to be a Christian? But as we look at this, sometimes we approach this idea of following after Jesus the wrong way. For some of us, we think, oh, being a Christian means I just believe the right things. Like I I come to church and I say the right statements like scripture shapes our life or that Jesus is the son of God or these kinds of things. And, And maybe that's what Christianity is. If I can just get myself to believe the right things, then then that'll be good. But that's not the entire picture of what Jesus came to do. He didn't just come to teach us some new doctrine. That's not what he was about. And when we look at the life of Christ, and some of us come and we approach church with this mindset of, hey, I want to be part of the church because they have some really good teachings. Like, I want my little kids to grow up knowing, don't lie, don't steal, be kind to others, treat others how you want to be treated. And so we think, oh, being around the church or being around um, Christ, it'll help them learn this. But Jesus didn't come just to give us a good moral law or some new moral code that we would live our life by. 
And so to be a follower of Christ, it means this, you guys, and this is what we wanna look at for the next few weeks. It means we pattern our life after the life of Jesus. We pattern our life after the life of Jesus. To be a Christ follower means that I look at his life and how did he live? What did Jesus do when he woke up in the morning? How did he schedule and orient his day? What were the patterns in the rhythms of his life? How did he interact with people? So not just his teaching, not just his message, but how did he actually live his life? And what were his interactions like? And I start to follow that example. So many of us, we would say, man, I want a life like Jesus had. I want a life of purpose. I want my life to have meaning. I want to impact others with my life. I want God to do crazy things with my life and do miraculous things through my life. But this is what we have to understand. If we want to experience the life of Jesus, you have to adopt the lifestyle of Jesus. And I want that statement to stay with us for the next few weeks. If we want to experience the life of Jesus, we want purpose, we want meaning, we want God to work through us, then we have to adopt the lifestyle of Jesus. We have to begin to pattern our lives the same way that Christ lived. And so we want to focus in on that. Jesus, how did you live your life? And God, how do I pattern my life after yours? What would it look like, Jesus, if you were living in this moment? What kind of employee would you be? What kind of student would you be? What kind of soccer player would you be? What kind of soccer coach? What kind of business owner would you be? What kind of parent? What kind of wife? What kind of husband? Jesus, how would you live if you were living in this moment? And we begin to pattern our life after Christ. And so that's what we're gonna do the next few weeks. We're gonna keep revisiting this conversation about the life of Jesus and try to dig into, once again, the patterns and the rhythms and how he approached life and what that means for us as Christ followers, so we adopt the lifestyle of Jesus in our everyday lives. And so we're gonna start at the very beginning today of his life. And we're gonna look at the family that Jesus had. And if you're taking notes, this is my one idea that if you don't remember anything else, I want you to walk away with this today. And it's this right here. Jesus' family shaped him, but didn't define him. Jesus' family shaped him, but didn't define him. And I'm gonna explain what this means. I want us to open up the scripture. If you have your Bibles, turn this morning to Luke chapter two, and we're gonna start reading at verse 15. If you didn't bring a Bible with you, there is a blue Bible in the seat in front of you. It may be one or two seats over, and you can turn to page 500 in that Bible and follow along with us. And once you get there, just hold that place for a moment. I wanna explain what's going on in the book of Luke. Luke in chapter one, he says, I'm setting out to write a story about the life of Christ. Other people have written about Jesus, but I wanted to document what happened in the life of Christ. And so he does. The birth of Christ, the teachings, the life of Christ, the death, the resurrection. Luke covers it all. And in chapter two, he tells us about the birth of Christ. And then we fast forward to where Jesus is 12 years old. That's this story right here. Jesus is 12 years old. He's gone up to Jerusalem, this major city in Israel, for this big celebration. It's like Celebration Sunday for them, okay? They're gonna sing some songs. They're gonna worship. They're gonna tell stories about God's goodness. They're gonna party and celebrate together. They're gonna eat some amazing food like we are at the potluck in just a little bit, okay? So it's kind of like this. They're rejoicing and celebrating together, and Jesus is there with his parents. And after the party is over, after the celebration's over, they leave, they leave. There's a big kind of caravan family going together, and they assume Jesus is hanging out with his aunt and his uncles. 
He's with John the Baptist, his cousin, right? He's somewhere in this group until after a day they realize we've lost Jesus. Now, I don't know if you've ever lost your keys or your phone for a little bit and how badly you freak out. Can you imagine being Mary saying, I've lost God's son, okay? Like, I mean, out of everything you could lose, I've lost the son of God. I have no idea where he's at and I'm responsible for him and kind of that panic moment that her and Joseph must have had. And so they rush back to Jerusalem. They look for a few days, they cannot find him. And then they arrive in the temple and that's where Jesus is. And he's having this conversation with these spiritual leaders with guys that are a lot older than him, and they're amazed at the answers and the responses that Jesus is giving. And when Mary and Joseph are like, Jesus, we were so worried. What are you doing? Where have you been at? And he's like, didn't you know that I would be in my father's house about my father's work? You didn't have to look everywhere for me. This is right where I was gonna be all along. And so Jesus, we see this kind of interaction and this response. I want you to look at how he responds and what I believe it says about his life and what shapes him as he grows into a man. Look at this right here. It says, after Jesus said that, they didn't understand, verse 50, they did not understand the sayings that he spoke to them. And he went down with them and came to Nazareth. That was his hometown. And then look at this, he was submissive to them. Your Bible may say this, he was obedient to them. And his mother Mary treasured up all of these things in her heart And then listen to this, and Jesus increased in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and men. Jesus' life was shaped by his family, but it wasn't defined by that. I want us to look at this idea right here. I was reading through this story and I was just blown away again at this idea that the God of all creation, God who wrapped himself up in flesh in this moment submits himself to his parents, right? that if anyone had a right to say, come on, Mary and Joseph, you don't know what you're doing, he could have done that, but in this moment, he chooses to be obedient to them. And what is this act of submission, this act of acknowledging that, hey, God, despite my parents' limitations, despite their good, their strengths, or their weaknesses, God, you've placed me in this family on purpose, and a submissive will, an obedient will, an acknowledgement of God, you're in control of my life, Lord, and that my family is shaping me. This idea right here, what does it lead to in his life? It leads to wisdom with God. This obedience, this acknowledgement of God, you've placed me under the care of Mary and Joseph, it actually affected and brought wisdom in his relationship with God. And how many of us, we're suffering in our life because of brokenness in our family and whether we acknowledge it or not, it's affecting your relationship with God. It brought wisdom with the people around him. It affected his stature, how he grew up, how he developed. And I wish I could take more time and explain that of how our interaction with our family affects our physical health. And it brought favor. There was a blessing from God because Jesus was obedient, because he was submissive, because he said, God, I realize that God, this family that you've placed me in, God, it's shaping me and it's forming me. This was a part of what developed And what created the life of Jesus, what we see later in his life is being formed and it's being shaped right here in these kinds of moments. I was having a conversation um, with my son, Micah and Angela yesterday. um, And I think it was Micah that said, can you imagine how did Mary and Joseph sit down for the first time and say, Jesus, I know you're five years old and I know you're like everyone else. That was Angela. And she was saying, how did they explain, but you're also God. Okay, 
You're this little kid, but you're also God of all the universe, God of all. Like, how did you have that kind of interaction? What was it like when Mary watched Jesus pray at seven years old? How do you explain to Jesus, hey, let me tell you the story of creation when you know he was already there? Like all of these kind of wrestlings. But the God of all the universe, the God of all creation, what does he do? He submits to his parents. And he says, you have the right to shape my life. You have the right, Mary and Joseph, to speak into my life. I'm going to be obedient to what it is that you're saying and how you're leading me and how you're directing me and how you're guiding me. The God of all the universe, when he lives here on this earth, what does he do? He's submissive to those that God has placed over his life. And so let me talk to the students in the room for a moment. And parents, you can shout amen. You need to follow the example of Christ. And I know there are moments in your life where you think, man, my parents are idiots. They don't know what they're talking about. They don't understand of what it's like to be 12 or 15 or 18 years old. They just don't get it. And for you, I would say, follow the example of Jesus. Pattern your life after his. That your parents do have human limitations. But in this moment, if you want to grow in wisdom, if you want to grow in stature, you want to grow in favor with God and with men, that you submit your life to them and say, God, I'm gonna be obedient to the people that you've placed over me. Lord, they're a part of the structure that you are using to shape and develop me in the person that I am becoming. Now, let me say this. This is not just a message for kids and for students. This is a message for the adults in the room. Because I would wager that there are some people in here 30 years old, 40 years old, and 50 years old that you've never processed through this. And you look at your past and you say, but Aaron, there's brokenness. Aaron, there's flaws. There's all of these things in my life and you've never acknowledged God. You put me in that family for a reason. I may not fully understand it. I may not fully see it all, God. I'm, I may not be able to, to fully comprehend this, but God, my parents, my mom and dad, they were those people for a reason in my life. And there's an act, there's something that happens in our life, you guys, when we acknowledge that, when we accept that and we say, God, they were a part of, who I am today, of what shaped me, of what formed me. How do we know we should do this? Because this is what Jesus did. He accepted his parents' limitations, and yet he was willing to walk in obedience and submission to them. And can I tell you what this did? What did this form in his life? It formed at the end of his life, him being able to bow his knee to God and saying, Lord, this is so hard. I do not want this right now, but not my will, but your will be done. God, I don't want to go to the cross, but Father, Heavenly Father, if this is your will, I'll submit to it. I'll be obedient to it. Do you understand this pattern of lifestyle that Jesus begins to live out? There was something in his interaction with his earthly family that translated to his Heavenly Father where he said, I'm going to submit to you. God, you're shaping me. You're forming me. God, you're, you're helping me to become the person that you've called me to be. And so church, I want to challenge you. In that same way, we have to follow that pattern. If we want the, to experience the life of Christ, we have to adopt his lifestyle of saying, God, you're using my family to shape me and to form me. But we need to notice this. Jesus' family shaped him, but it didn't define him. What do I mean by that? We'll continue to look here. Luke chapter two, and just a verse earlier from what we read, I mentioned this a moment ago. Jesus said, why were you looking for me? Did you not know that I must be in my father's house? He's helping them to realize, hey, my 
soul relationship is not with you as my parents. I am coming from heaven, like I have a heavenly father here. And he's saying, God has me on mission. God has me on a purpose. And his parents don't really get this. They don't understand this. They don't fully comprehend this. But Jesus doesn't allow that to limit what God is doing in his life or what God is calling him to. If you flip over a page, Luke chapter three, at the end of that chapter, you're gonna see a genealogy. And I thought about it, but I won't do it. You just read this whole list of so-and-so begat, so-and-so begat, so-and-so begat, so-and-so. And when you start to dig through this genealogy, you quickly come to the conclusion, Jesus had a messed up family, you guys. He has a really bad family tree that he comes from. And you just start to look at some of the lives of a murderer, people that committed adultery, someone that had sex with their daughter-in-law. Like you get some weird stuff going on in this family. Kings, because he did come from royalty, that led an entire nation to worship other gods and false idols and to sacrifice their children to false gods. Like you get some really bad stuff. And if you were just to look at the life of Jesus and you didn't know about him and you read about his family tree, you may conclude this guy's not gonna amount to much. Like there's not a lot here. But yet Jesus doesn't allow his ancestors to define him. Even the household he grew up in, his parents had limitations. You're talking about a young teenage mom who through a miraculous work of the Holy Spirit, she had never been with a man, but through God's miraculous work, she conceives a child, but yet she's never had children before. She's young, she's inexperienced, and she's given the task of raising God's son. Joseph didn't have a lot of education. He's a carpenter. You look at their financial state. And as I was reading through this this again, um, the sacrifice that they brought when Jesus is eight years old, it was a pauper's or a poor person's sacrifice. God said, you're to bring a lamb, you're to bring a ram, which was very abundant in Israel. It didn't take a lot to get that. But if you don't have the money, then just bring two pigeons. And that's what Mary and Joseph have to bring because they don't have any money. And this is the household that Jesus is raised up in. You can look at this later, but John chapter seven, verse three, his own brothers don't believe in him. They're laughing at Jesus saying, come on, Jesus, you're really God? Well, if you are, why don't you prove it? Why don't you go up to Jerusalem? This was a different celebration and stand up in front of everyone, do some miracles, do some amazing things, kind of wow the crowd and let everyone see how awesome you are. And then you'll prove to us and everyone else that you really are God's son. And Jesus said, you don't know what you're talking about. And so over and over again, there are limits around him. There's dysfunction in his family tree. There's siblings that don't believe in him. And yet he doesn't allow himself to be defined by that. He doesn't allow that to stop the mission that God has given him. He doesn't allow that to stop the calling and the purpose. He could have looked back and said, but God, all of this is in my past. Like this is what's been handed down to me. Lord, what can I really amount to? But no, he listens to God's voice in his life. And although our families shape us, we don't want to be limited by their mistakes or by their flaws or by the weaknesses that they had. We want to listen to the voice of God and the calling that God has over our life. And so I want you to get this this morning, to be a healthy follower of Christ. To be a healthy follower of Christ means we acknowledge the way our family shaped our life but it doesn't limit us in God's calling for our life. And some of you, you've been listening to the lies of the enemy too long and you need to adopt the lifestyle of Christ of saying, God, I was shaped by the household that I was brought into, by the family that I had, but God, it doesn't have to define my future. 
It doesn't have to define my identity. It doesn't have to speak of my calling or my purpose, God, or what you're going to do, God, because you can take even the mess of my life and you can create something beautiful. And that's what Jesus shows us. That's what he demonstrates, that his life wasn't just simply defined by his family. He wasn't gonna allow them to hold him back. And so church, we need to follow this lifestyle, this beautiful picture that God paints for us in our lives, that God is shaping us and that he's molding us, that he's placed parents and authority over our life, but even their limitations don't define us and they don't determine what God has called us to do or what God has called us to be. And so what's the practical of living this out? For those of you that walk through the Emotionally Healthy Spirituality course, you may remember this line and it stuck with me. Um, Pete, Pastor Pete Scazzaro that taught this course, he said this, he said, most of us, we have Jesus in our heart, but we still have grandma and grandpa in our bones. He said, we got Jesus in our heart, but we still have grandma and grandpa in our bones. And what that saying is supposed to remind us of, some of us, we're acting more like our natural family than our spiritual family. Some of us, we're still carrying things from our past and we've not let go, we've not processed, we've not understand how they've shaped us, but how they shouldn't um, limit us, right, or determine our future. And so we're still carrying that with us, we're carrying that weight, and God's saying, hey, I'm inviting you into a new family. I'm inviting you into something new. I don't want you to be limited by even the mistakes and the flaws of your family. And so I wanna give you just a practical step of how do we adopt this Jesus kind of lifestyle? How do we do this in our lives? And and this is what God's been challenging me with. A number of weeks ago, I sat down on my computer and I wrote an email to my parents. And I said, mom and dad, I'm trying to pass on something to our kids that are gonna help them with this principle right here, that they were placed in this family for a reason, but it doesn't limit them or it doesn't even fully define their future. And so I'm gonna need your help. And so to my parents, I asked them because um, unlike maybe some of you in this room, I really didn't know my grandparents. Like I'd seen them a handful of times, but wasn't really close to almost any of them. And so I just asked mom and dad, hey, what were grandma and grandpa like on both sides of your family? What were their strengths? What were their weaknesses? What were sinful patterns in their life that they had to overcome? Were they emotionally healthy? Did they run from conflict? Did they avoid difficult conversations? Did they know how to express emotions in a healthy way? What were they like, mom and dad? And then what were things that you would say, hey, this is good, we need to pass this on. We need to carry this in future generations. And then what are things that, that we don't need to pass on? And then I challenged my parents, can you sit down and can you answer these questions about yourself? Not just about your parents, but about yourself as well. And they did, and they sent me that email. And so I'm forming something where Sarah and I are sitting down answering these same questions. Jesus, where did we get it right? And where did we get it wrong? And where did we mess up, God? And where did, what were those points in our life where you had to shift my mindset? And I probably didn't do right by my kids at some point. And then I'm gonna bring all this together and I'm gonna give it to our children because I want them to know God placed you in this family for a reason and you're shaped by our family. It's part of who's ma what's making you who you are today, but it doesn't limit you. And my kids, guessing will be the first to tell you, I am not perfect. 
And there's a lot of times I have to go to them and say, hey, my attitude wasn't right. I'm sorry, I messed up here. I didn't respond the way that Jesus would respond. I adopted the lifestyle of my mom or dad or my grandparents and not the lifestyle of Christ, but I'm trying to live more like him. And so I want them to build on a foundation and not to be weighted down thinking, well, mom and dad, they did everything right because we did not. I wanna open up the conversation for them to be able to say, hey, here were strengths and here were weaknesses. Here were gifts and here were limitations because I believe that's gonna open up the door for God to do amazing things in their life. And Jesus sets this pattern for us that he's shaped by his family, but he's not limited. They don't define who he is ultimately and the call of God in his life. And so for some of you in this room, you need to do something like that this week. It may not look exactly like what I'm doing, but you need to sit down and say, God, what are things for my family that I need to leave in the past? And then what are things that I need to carry forward, God? What are things that I wanna pass on to future generations? What's the foundation that I want them to build on and how can I help them model this lifestyle that Jesus had of being shaped by his family but not being defined by it? I wanna pray for you this morning. I'm gonna ask if you would bow your head and close your eyes. The first invitation Jesus gives us as we look at this is he invites us into his family. And you may be sitting here this morning and you may have been in church for a while. You may be new to church. And if you were to honestly look at your life, you may say, Aaron, I don't know that I'm really a part of God's family. Maybe there are things from your past or maybe even your parents or your grandparents' past or other relatives' past, and they're still hanging over you like a weight. And you feel like your life is more controlled by that, that sinful nature, the disobedience than it is following God. And the beauty of the life of Jesus, the example that he said is that we're not perfect, but he is. And he came and paid the price for our sin. And on the cross, he gave his life for you and for me so that we could be brought back. And the Bible says restored to the family of God. And if that's you, if you would just be honest and say, Aaron, my relationship with God is not where it needs to be, or maybe I've never even taken that first step. But this morning, I want you to pray for me. If that's you with no one looking around, would you just lift up your hand and then you can put it back down after you've lifted it up? Thank you, thank you, thank you. After you lift it up, thank you, you can put it back down. And I wanna pray for us. I'm gonna lead out, but just right where you're at, would you just, in your own words, talk to God about that and say, God, I want to be restored. God, I want you to work in my life. Continue to bring me in your family. Let's pray together. God, I thank you. Jesus, just the lifestyle that you lived out in front of us, the pattern of living, God, this picture of family that you gave us. And this morning, Lord, I pray for anyone in the room that is away from you, God, that feels separated from you. And this morning, in this simple prayer, would you restore them? God, would you bring them back? Would you call them back to yourself, God, and build in them that heart of a family, Lord, that you're wanting to have with them? God, give us a brand new start, God, we recognize, Lord, our disobedience and our sin, Lord. And God, we acknowledge you as our Savior, Lord. Come and do that in our life, Lord. We pray this in your name. Amen. Church, would you just put your hands together and celebrate what God is doing? And I want to lead us in one more prayer. 
And I just want to challenge you with this. We're going to pray together. And once again, I'm going to lead out. But where you're at, I want you to pray. There are some of you in this room that you're still being held back by something in your past. And this week, God wants to bring freedom. This is the pattern of Jesus' lifestyle of living in this emotional health, this relationship with his earthly family that shows us a picture of heaven. And for some of you, you may need to write some stuff down and just saying, God, I'm letting that go. I'm not holding on to that anymore, God. Or you mean, may need to write down some amazing things of God. I wanna bring that with me. Lord, I saw this in my parents' life, God, and I want that to continue to shape and form who I am. And as we do this, that it restores and it brings God's wisdom. It brings God's blessing over our physical life and even over um, our, God's blessing over our emotions and our mental health. And so we wanna walk in this pattern that Jesus gives us. And so I'm gonna pray that we would be that kind of church. And I want you to just maybe talk to God about what you're feeling or things that he may have spoken to you in this message. Let's pray together this morning. God, I know this, you've challenged me with this, Lord. If we want to experience your kind of life, Jesus, of blessing, of God's favor, of God's wisdom, of God, you doing amazing things through us, then we have to adopt your lifestyle. And Lord, I think that starts what you've challenged us with this morning, God, just with our earthly families. And so this week, Holy Spirit, speak to us, reveal things, God, that have shaped us and formed us into who we are. God, um, that is shaping us and forming us, God, into the person you want us to be. But God, also, Holy Spirit, reveal things that we need to leave behind, things that we need to say goodbye to so they don't determine, God, or define our future or your purpose or your calling, God. Speak those kinds of things into our life, Lord. We want to live with your mission, God, and your purpose and your calling, Lord. We want to be a church that reflects the life of Jesus, God, in his pattern of living, Lord, to the world around us. So do that inside of each one of us. I pray in your name, amen. Thanks for listening to this week's message. This week, take some time to analyze what are the great aspects of your family that you want to carry forward and hand down to future generations? And what were the negative tendencies from your family that you need to leave behind? Here at NCC, we are all about making people and places new, and we want to know how we can help you grow in your faith. So connect with us online at newcommunity.co. We would love to hear from you.